Reading one book is like eating one potato chip. Diane Duane. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul. Today I'll be acting as your literary sommelier. That's a word I don't think I've ever used in a sentence before, at least partly because I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right. Anyway, for you wine lovers, you know it means that I'll be talking about pairings today, but not which wine goes best with SpaghettiOs. No, today I'm giving you book pairings in two different categories. The first is books that lead to other books, and the second is the pairing of fiction and nonfiction. Let's get bookish. There are times when one novel you're reading leads you to a completely different novel, often a classic of Western literature. This is done most often through a specific plot development, discussion between characters, or even a mention of the book or author. It might be fleeting as with the mention of a book that influenced the main character as a child, or as a key plot element, as is the case in most bibliomysteries. The six pairs of books that follow are examples of one book that leads you to another, either for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Number one, The Club Dumas and The Three Musketeers. The Club Dumas centers around, among other things, the discovery of an original manuscript fragment of Alexander Dumas' classic The Three Musketeers. There is a benefit to reading both of these at the same time, and both are excellent. Number two, The Shadow of the Wind and Candide. And of course you knew The Shadow of the Wind was going to make this list somehow. While by no means a key element of The Shadow of the Wind, the way that Semperi Sr. enjoys reading Voltaire's classic is enough to make a reader curious about Candide. In this case, curiosity is a very good thing. Number three, Haunt Me Still and Macbeth. Jennifer Lee Carroll's second novel, Haunt Me Still, revolves around a contemporary production of the Scottish play and the curse that still hangs over it. Reading Macbeth at the same time adds a nicely eerie aspect to the novel. Number four, The Air Affair and Jane Eyre. Jasper Ford's debut Thursday Next novel relies heavily on the Charlotte Bronte classic, and for more than just the title. It's a lot easier to enjoy the changes that occur in Ford's alternative universe imagining if you know how the book really ended in the first place. Number five, The Poe Shadow, and The Complete Tales and Poems of Edgar Allan Poe. The best of Matthew Pearl's bibliomystery novels, The Poe Shadow fills in the missing details of Poe's tragic final days before his untimely death. If you don't come away with a new admiration for Poe and a desire to read him, I'll be surprised. Number six, The Tiger's Wife and The Jungle Book. Taya Obret's amazing debut novel features Kipling's The Jungle Book as a significant plot piece. Since most of us only ever saw the Disney version, 
it may be time to actually read the original. And The Tiger's Wife is one of the best novels I've read in the last 10 years. Now that's the pairings of books that lead to other books. Now for a few fiction, non-fiction pairings you should read side by side. There's not going to be a lot of explanation needed with these because the titles are pretty self-explanatory. Number one, Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises and Everybody Behaves Badly, the true story behind Hemingway's masterpiece, The Sun Also Rises, by Leslie Bloom. Just like with The Shadow of the Wind, you knew that Hemingway was going to get mentioned somewhere here. In fact, the only one that won't get mentioned is Springsteen, except he just did. I did a two-book book club on these two books a few years back, and it was some of the most fun I've ever had in a book club. I highly recommend you doing that. What's really interesting is how much Hemingway actually lifted out of his real life for his first major novel. Number two, Dr. Zhivago and the Zhivago Affair, the Kremlin, the CIA, and the Battle Over a Forbidden Book by Peter Finn. I did these two as a book club pairing as well, but a word of warning. I loved the Zhivago Affair. It was a really eye-opening insight into some of the intrigues of the Cold War that happened even in the literary scene, which most of us never knew about. However, Pasternak's original novel was crap. He was apparently a great poet. This was the only novel he ever wrote, and it was virtually unreadable, even though I slogged my way through it. The movie, if you've seen it, and I hope you have, was amazing, but only because, apparently, the screenwriter knew what he was doing. Number three, All Quiet on the Western Front and Barbara Tuckman's The Guns of August. The finest fiction, non-fiction combo ever about World War I, and a great place to start if you have an interest in that period of time. Now, I'm sure you can think of others now that I've gotten your mental wheels rolling. Leave me a comment if you feel led to. We'll see you next time. Keep on reading. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Bookish. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad free. Thanks again.